Pelfrey then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board, so God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, we just learned yesterday that the president has cancer. Of course, we learned a while ago uh, that the president also has asthma. So, you know, in, in, from the same uh, incident. And that is telling because this senile person that we call the president or some people call the president actually just makes stuff up because he's delusional. He has dementia. Let's take a listen to these two clips. I don't think you may have, you you, you may have heard the I have cancer clip, but you may not have heard the other one, the one where he has asthma. Let's take a listen to that. And he's the president of the United States when he's talking about asthma. So um, this is not a clip from a long time ago. This is a recent clip. But let's take a listen. Hold on. So, and then we're going to get into this climate emergency thing. Uh, As we did yesterday, uh, we talked a lot about climate. And uh, that's because this is... This is the next big thing that the media is going to be rolling out. Let's take a listen. And I, we, I, when we went to a small little school that was about uh, a mile from the apartment complex we lived in and a little school called Holy Rosary. And I, you couldn't walk to school because although it was a four-lane access highway, it was just too dangerous to cross some of the streets. And my mother would get in the, And when it came spring, I mean, it came the fall, this is the God's truth. And you'd get in the car, and there's a little frost on the window. Turn on the windshield wiper, there'd be an oil slick. Not a joke. I have asthma, and 80% of the people who, in fact, we grew up with have asthma. I just, in an apartment complex. Okay, so there he has asthma. Now he's going to tell the, tell the, the next story. When we moved to Delaware. This is one yesterday, he told. Just up the road to a little school I went to, Holy Rosary Grade School. And because it was a four-lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. 
And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening? It had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. <laughs> it, it's, it renders me speechless. Uh, but, you know, here's the thing. Um, this is a bigger issue. He just allocated $2.3 billion in that speech. $2.3 billion. Basically a slush fund for his political cronies, his political capital. You know, in the, you know, the uh, people like Gavin Newsom or or the uh, Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago are going to get this money, whether at the, at the state or the local level. <clears throat> and they're, they're going to take this money and they're going to bail themselves out of the damage that they caused themselves from the COVID ruse, which was a complete and total disgusting uh, handling of this thing. And we know this because we're going to talk about that too today. Uh, we got a Tucker clip. We have uh, this. Take a look at this. It turns out that Burks and Fauci played politics with COVID. That resulted in economic disaster, unprecedented suicides, excessive COVID-related deaths, while destroying faith in our government and our health systems, simply because they thought orange man bad. Let's take a listen to this. Remember the spring of 2020, the heart of the pandemic? We were told to mask up, social distance, and stay home, or we were all going to die. And for a while, we listened. But then we realized something was off. It almost seemed like our health experts were just making things up as they went along. And it turns out we were right. Deborah Burks, Trump's White House coronavirus response coordinator, the one with the fancy scarf collection, admitted to making things up in her new tell-all book. Burks reveals that she and Dr. Fauci were lying to the president and to the American people about their COVID protocols. She admits to making things up, altering COVID reports and misinforming us in the name of public safety, starting with their old slogan, 15 days to slow the spread. Remember that one? We've really worked on messaging to the American people about these 15 days to stop the spread. I know it's a lot to ask because you've done it for 15 days. It's what we've been talking about in the 15 and 30 days to prevent the spread. That whole thing about 15 days was bull. Burks knew very well that 15 days wasn't the magic number. There was no magic number. In her book, she writes this. No sooner had we convinced the Trump administration to implement our version of two-week shutdown, then I was trying to figure out how to extend it. So that 15 days to slow the spread was just a sneaky way to get their hooks into us so they could lock us down for longer. And if you dared to leave your house, Burks told us the only way to stay safe was to social distance. It's everybody social distancing by six feet when they're outside. Um, and that is probably absolutely the key more than anything else is if you're never more than if you're never within six feet of any single individual um then you've controlled the virus stay six feet apart <laughs> i mean they just made that up and limit your gatherings to 10 people they told us it would save lives well surprise surprise 
Those numbers were made up, too. Burke says, I had settled on 10, knowing that even that was too many. But I figured that 10 would at least be palatable for most Americans, high enough to allow for most gatherings of immediate family, but not enough for large dinner parties and critically large weddings, birthday parties and other mass social events. So she basically wanted to keep people from getting married and celebrating the holidays. And if you thought that was shady, listen to this. Burks didn't just make up rules. She was also altering COVID data in weekly reports. So states would have a reason to escalate their COVID protocols. And then when it comes to the origins of the virus, it seems Deborah Burks knew about the lab leak thing all along. She told the Daily Mail that COVID came out of the box ready to infect. She also claimed that the virus was being worked on by scientists in Wuhan, which is interesting because in the spring of 2020, she said this. I don't have an evidence that it was a laboratory accident. These are zoonotic events. They come from animals into humans. And so figuring that out will be really critical, as well as figuring out could it have happened in the lab. Right now, the general consensus is animal to human. Oh, the lies. Oh, the lies. They all lie. And so now we here we are with the new one, the next one, the next big thing. And the next big thing uh, is being pushed, say, by CNN. So Project Veritas went undercover and they have this to offer. Now, this is CNN basically talking about what they're rolling out right now with regard to climate change. Let's take a listen. This story comes up, they're going to latch onto it. They've already announced in her office that once the public is will be open to it, we're going to start focusing mainly on climate. Um, this is uh, CNN. Climate, like global warming, and like that's going to be our next like. Um, I don't know, like, what's the word? Um, it's, our, it's going to be our focus. Like, uh, like our, our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was, right? So our next thing is going to be for climate change awareness. What does that look like? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I have a feeling it's just going to be, like, constantly showing videos of, like, decline and ice and weather warming up and, like, the effects it's having on the economy and, and really talking about head of the network, like, just... Who's that? Is that Zucker? Zucker, yeah. I imagine that he's got his counsel and they've all, like, discussed, like, where they think, um... So that's, like, the next... Pandemic, like, story, like, that will, yeah, that will, will be to death. But that one's got longevity, you know what I mean? It's not like... There's a definitive ending to the pandemic, or you know, like, it'll taper off to a point that it's you know not a problem anymore. Probably think it's going to take years, so they'll probably be able to milk that for quite a bit. You know, so, so. so climate change overload. Be prepared. It's coming. <laughs> Stories like right now. Um, 
we had an inside track right now where two stories are going to be pushed. Climate change is going to be the next COVID thing to see. You know, we're going to we're going to hone in. Focus on that. I love it. But that's, but that's a fair thing. You saw that coming. But to commit to that as a network. You said it's going to be like the new COVID. Yeah. It is. So you see you see what's going on, right? The media is playing games, gaslighting Americans. And you know, they're they're lying also about trans, they're lying about you know, they're lying about a lot of things. They're lying about all these things. About the border security, they're lying about it. They're lying about so many things. In two thousand six this was an epi- this was a sketch from The Simpsons. Take a listen to this. Today we celebrate the first of many, 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 many diversity forums. Why is it that women appear to be worse at math than men? What is the source of this illusion? Or as I call it, the biggest lie ever told. You're a worse version of Hitler. Please believe me, I I understand the problems of women. See? He's- He's wearing a dress. Am I wearing women's clothes? I didn't notice. When I look in my closet, I don't see male clothes or female clothes. They're all the same. Are you saying that men and women are identical? Oh, no, of course not. Women are unique in every way. No, he's saying women and men aren't equal. No, no, no. It's the differences of which there are none that make the sameness exceptional. Just tell me what to say. <laughs> it's gotten complicated out there, right? We're, we, are you different? Are, are you equal? Well, what's going on? Depending on what group you're talking to and what they want to hear. But ultimately what it's about is this. Here's a new soundbite from Klaus Schwab. Let's take a listen. So people assume uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world, which we world had, economic forum, um, and everything will be normal again in how we are used to normal in the old fashion. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. Um, the the uh, cut which we have now um, is much too strong uh, in order not to leave traces. So people assume. Uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world which we had. Um, and every- so who is he to say this, right? He is just a private guy. No one elected this guy into power. Nobody likes this guy. This guy uh, is a billionaire now because of this whole thing that he has created with the World Economic Forum. And uh, it's it's insane. But he has managed to get These corporations, Larry Fink and Pfizer, you know, uh, BlackRock and Pfizer, uh, at the table. And this is the uh, privileged, you know. And and incidentally, when Joe Biden went to the speech where he announced that he's going to give $2.3 billion to his crony friends in the name of climate, um, he also, and also said he has cancer, there were a train, a convoy of SUVs that drove him out there 
to this place that used to be a fossil fuel place that uh, eventually became uh, um, a windmill turbine fact, uh, manufacturing plant of some sort, which is not getting even it's not getting off the ground. In fact, what we're going to learn uh, through the Tucker piece that we're going to play is that 75 percent or almost all the wind turbine is made in China. 70 to 75 percent of the batteries are lithium batteries are made in China. And the batteries are fed with coal fired plants, uh, electricity or natural gas. And the whole point, the whole main point of our um, the whole progress associated with our 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 O2 emissions, which have been pretty good for the United States didn't come from electric. It came from natural gas replacing coal as a form of energy and heating and uh, and other other uses of energy. So it's natural gas that actually drove down the O2 CO2 emissions. It wasn't electricity that did that. That's the other thing you want to you know put into your feather. Put uh, that's it. Put it into your cap. That's the feather you want to put into your cap there. So, in any case, um, we're going to go ahead and take a listen to uh, to Tucker and his open. Let's take a listen to this. In one of the most dramatic press conferences in recent history, the sitting president of the United States announced today that he has cancer. Now, traditionally, it's the job of the White House physician to update the public on significant changes to the president's health. But in a striking and honestly poignant break with protocol, Joe Biden decided to drop the bracing news himself. Here he is. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer and why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. I have cancer, Joe Biden said, and I got it from growing up in Delaware. And with that, Biden left the stage, taking no questions about his condition. What kind of cancer does Joe Biden have? What is his long-term prognosis? And is Delaware really that bad? Parts of it are not beautiful, that is true. But can an entire state be a carcinogen? At this point, we can't say. We are hearing word tonight that Biden may have misspoken, rattled no doubt by the stress of his diagnosis. It is likely that, in fact, it's not cancer Joe Biden is battling, but dementia. Simple mistake. We'll get an update from our own in-house physician, Dr. Mark Siegel, in just a moment. But first, no matter what is wrong with Joe Biden, and something clearly is, it has not prevented him from working to amass more power than any American president has ever had. Joe Biden approaches power the way J.B. Pritzker approaches the waffle station at a Shoney's breakfast bar with maximum enthusiasm. He snorts and slurps and splashes it on his shirt. He can't get enough. (laughs) Incidentally, um... J.D. Pritzker is the governor of Illinois. He's also the heir to the Hyatt hotel chain, the Hyatt Hotel. If you want to boycott hotels, that would be the one, Hyatt. Go to the, Trump, go to the Trump International instead. This idea is that he personally is the only branch of government in the United States. No more separation of powers. Joe Biden has all the power. If the Congress, the Supreme Court, does something that Joe Biden doesn't like, he gets to simply ignore it and then do what he wants to do. And he can do this because it's an emergency. 
There's no time for democracy. We've got an emergency on our hands, and naturally, only Joe Biden can solve it. We don't have enough abortions. It's an emergency. You're not wearing a mask alone in your car. It's an emergency. Your kids aren't trans yet. It's an emergency. And of course, the emergency to top all emergencies, the climate crisis, which is a kind of ongoing thousand-year emergency, and for that reason, very much existential, whatever that means. But trust us, it is bad. And the only solution to it is to hand Joe Biden more power. At an event today, Biden explained the details. Since Congress has officially rejected his attempt to take over our country's energy grid and plunge America into well-deserved darkness, Joe Biden will have to do it himself unilaterally. Now, how is that constitutional, you may ask? Come on, you know the answer. Because it's an emergency, dummy. It turns out that because Congress rejected Joe Biden's bill and also because Fox News exists, Americans are dying by the millions from bad weather, which apparently this planet has never seen before because actually the glaciers were not real. They never happened. That's an Alex Jones thing. What is real is existential climate change. Thankfully, Joe Biden is going to save you from it. Watch. Today I'm making the largest investment ever, $2.3 billion to help communities across the country build infrastructure that's designed to withstand the full range of disasters we've been seeing to, up to today. Extreme heat, drought, flooding, hurricanes, tornadoes. Now, he slurred the words, maybe because, as we told you, he has cancer. But if you listen carefully, you heard today that because of climate change, for the first time in history, it's going to be hot and then it's going to rain hard. You did that, Republicans, with your two-stroke chainsaws and your damn Ford F-150s. Shame, shame, shame. It's not like you didn't know it was going to happen. It's not like you weren't warned. Back in 1989, a senior official at the United Nations told the world that, quote, entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. So you knew when you did it, when you got in your suburban, look what happened now. Those were once thriving beach towns. Now they're dive sites. People are snorkeling over Malibu, looking down at Prince Harry's house. Here's one of Barack Obama's beachfront compounds. As you can see, it's now underwater. But wait, it's not underwater. Actually, it's fine. And Obama knew it would be fine. In fact, Obama spent more than $10 million to buy it. And that tells you how much he believes in global warming. Not at all, it turns out. Actually, no one really believes in global warming. And that's why all the liberals in the United States live on the coasts. Because they don't believe it. That's why many of them fly private because the entire theory is absurd, and they know it. So be more like a dog. Ignore what they say. Watch what they do. Watch the real estate they buy. See if you can find Al Gore flying commercial ever. You can't, because the whole thing is a joke. But that doesn't mean it can't hurt people. Oh, it definitely can, and it definitely has. Gasoline is now unaffordable for millions of Americans. That's a life destroyer. That affects everything in the country. When the price of fossil fuels rise, so does the price of everything else. That's a life destroyer, and it's not accidental. The administration did this on purpose, and now they're gloating about it. They're rubbing it in your face. Can't afford to drive your truck anymore, sneers our transportation secretary, Mayor Pete. Then it looks like you're going to have to buy a little electric car. Sorry. The more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. Electric vehicles? 
So what does an electric vehicle, what do those little electric cars have to do with climate change? Well, that's a good question. It turns out there is a connection. Electric cars promote climate change. Oh, did you know that? Did you know that you can't charge an electric car with a wind farm? How do you charge them? Well, you charge them with fossil fuels. That's also how you build them, with fossil fuels. It's pretty funny. Last month, a GM spokesperson, along with an executive from a Michigan utility, kind of let the secret out. Watch this. Battery in this particular design is a T-shape right down the center and across the back seat area. Because everybody thought we killed the electric vehicle. No, we didn't. It's alive and so what's charging the, the batteries right now? What, where, where, what's the source of a? Well, here. It's, it's coming from the building. I mean, is it, um, what's our mix of power? Oh, actually, Lansing feeds the building. What's that? Lansing feeds power to the building. So I don't, I don't know. They're, uh... I bet they're a bit of coal. Oh, they're heavy on natural gas, aren't they? Yeah, right now the car is charging off of your grid. Right. It would be charging off uh, our grid, which is 90, about 95%. <laughs> Someday, let's hope historians find that tape and then just savor it. Get a beer, get a whole six pack and watch it again and again and again. The spokes chick from the car company is asked, impressed by your battery, but how do you charge it? She goes, Wait, from the building. Charge comes from the building. You just plug it into the socket. But where does the electricity come from? <laughs> She has no idea. We have a battery. There's a battery in here. It's a battery. So then they asked the utility guy, where's the electricity come from? Oh, from a coal plant. <laughs> so you charge your little electric car that Mayor Pete wants you to buy with coal, and then you feel virtuous. So really, if you think about it, it's no wonder they tell you that the science is settled, and you're a denier. You're immoral if you have questions, because... There's really no defending the details, most of which, as you just saw, they don't understand. How does the electric car get charged? Oh, from the building, which is not a power plant. <laughs> For the record, it's the building with an outlet. So today, Joe Biden didn't answer any questions about where the energy is coming from. In fact, he told us there's no time for debate because it's an emergency. The UN's leading international climate scientists call the latest climate report nothing less than, quote, Code red for humanity. Let me say it again. Code red for humanity. Let me slur it again. Sorry, I've got cancer. Code red for humanity. And actually, he's right, but not in the way that he intends. If Biden and other, other leaders throughout the West, not just elected ones, but the NGO community, continue to do what they've done for the past 20 years and suppress fossil fuels, it will be a code red disaster. Millions of people will starve to death. Billions of people will drop into poverty. Unlike rising oceans, that effect is guaranteed. But Joe Biden doesn't care, assuming he knows. He's not going to be here for that anyway. His new executive order will spend more than $2 billion on wind power in the Gulf of Mexico. How much energy does a windmill produce? No, not how much can it produce. How much does it produce and where does it go? Just for fun, if you have a day free, try to get an answer to that question. You can't. No one asks. No one cares. Biden's also ordering the Secretary of the Interior to, quote, advance clean energy development all over the country, which means pay off his donors, of course. That means more electric cars, solar panels, et cetera, et cetera. So who benefits from this? That's always the first question. 
Well, of course, Democratic donors benefit. They're getting rich from this. But who makes all this stuff? Well, China makes almost all of it. China makes 76% of the world's lithium-ion batteries. China makes 75% of the world's solar panels. China makes virtually all of the world's wind turbines. Seven of the world's 10 biggest wind turbine manufacturers are based in China. So that means China will have control of our energy grid. If you control a country's energy grid, you control that country. It's really simple. On CBS recently, Joe Biden's energy coordinator, Amos Hochstein, explained why that's a good thing. We can have additional American investment in climate, renewable energy, electric vehicles. Why wouldn't we want to do that? Why would we want to make to create an environment in which uh, China's ahead of us, the rest of the world is making the investments and we're not? We want to be able to put the kind of incentives that there'll be additional investment in the infrastructure for renewable energy, for solar, for, for wind, and for electric vehicles, and for our nuclear fleet in this country. That's how we get to climate. <laughs> Look at that little sleaze ball. Oh, yeah. Got to hand China control of our energy grid, the biggest, the most efficient in the world, the country with the world's largest recoverable oil reserves. That would be the United States of America. But we can't use any of that. We have to give China control of our energy, which is to say of our country, of our economy. The world is making investments, so we're not, we're being left behind. Okay. Well, the rest of the world has gone deeper into the green delusion than we have, none of which helps the actual environment, by the way, in case you care about nature. Nature is not helped by any of this. But the rest of the world has been a lot more eager than the United States to dive right into the Green New Deal. So how's that worked for them? We can't say this enough. It has been an unqualified disaster. In the first quarter of this year, just a few years after the Berlin Senate declared a climate emergency, so-called renewables accounted for 50% of all German electricity consumption. So what happened next? Well, Germany can't keep the lights on and is very worried about winter coming. As the Washington Post put it, quote, Hamburg landlords are rationing hot water. Berlin may turn off non-essential traffic lights at night. Oh, no traffic lights. Oh, that's a civilized country. How's that working for you? In Great Britain, no country has ever evaporated faster in world history than that one. But in the UK, more than 90% of the population lives in a place where local authorities have just declared a climate emergency. Now, they have more urgent emergencies, it turns out, actual emergencies back here in the physical, non-theoretical world where we need like traffic lights and power that comes out of the outlet. They're real emergencies. In April, the British government announced that the number of households in the UK living in, quote, fuel poverty now stands at 5 million. Oh, this isn't wartime rationing. The blitz is over. This is right now in 2022. How about Argentina? In 2019, Argentina's government declared a climate emergency, even though unlike China or India, it's not really contributing to global carbon emissions. Argentina produces about 1% of global carbon emissions. But they did it anyway, because it seemed like the fashionable thing to do, plus ESG. We're modern, we're against climate. Well, today, what happened? Argentina is experiencing, well, there's no other way to put it, collapse. The collapse was not caused by a half degree rise in average temperatures in the non-Patagonian continental area, no. It was caused by what it's always caused by, spiking energy costs, which cause inflation. Inflation is now over 60% in Argentina. Argentina is now too broke to function. Quote, access to fertilizers and diesel is urgent to avoid complete paralysis. 
A farmer's group in Argentina wrote to the government recently. Wait, farmers don't have access to fertilizers? What? How can you grow things without fertilizer? Well, fertilizer isn't environmentally friendly. And we've got a climate emergency, so no fertilizer for you. Oh, except that means no food, and then people starve. That happened in Sri Lanka, as we've told you repeatedly. We can't say this enough. In Sri Lanka, the government banned all fertilizers. As a result, food prices are up by 80%. In a poor country, that's not a small thing. Again, people starve. Is John Kerry contributing to the food bank in Sri Lanka? No, of course not. He's bombing off in his own plane to their global warming conference. How about the Netherlands, a rich country, the world's second largest ag exporter? In the name of climate, in 2019, the European Parliament declared a, wait for it, climate emergency in the Netherlands. So the government forced farmers there to cut livestock by 50% because cow flatulence. That's a huge, Sandy Cortez has actually done a TikTok on this, I think. Cow flatulence, huge problem. So we need what, <laughs> what the EU called an unavoidable transition. What happened then? Oh, riots. Our leaders are telling us we need the same thing. Here, it's a climate emergency. It's code red. You have no choice. And they mean it. And you don't get to vote on it either because they're so for democracy that they're going to force it down your throat with no vote at all. What happens next? Well, poverty, chaos, and then the lights go out. Bjorn Lomberg is a fellow at the Hoover Institution. So this is an attack on the middle class is what it is. And the middle class, we've said it here, we've talked about the middle class for how long? I mean, we've been talking about how important the middle class is to a healthy economy, to a healthy country. And it's that middle class in America that doesn't want to be told what to do, that tends to vote based on the quality of the candidate, because the quality of the candidate impacts uh, makes decisions that impacts the lives of people who live on the margins. People who actually create a budget at the kitchen table and live within their means because they have to. They have no choice. They can't just spend other people's money like an heir to the Heinz fortune or the Hyatt fortune uh, like Pritzker. All these rich Democrats that live on the coasts that are basically not, you know, they're so blind and so arrogant. Never mind the fact that there's a water, uh, uh, water um, landscape behind my, uh, my, my video frame, you know, from my deck. Uh, because, you know, you're not supposed to put two and two together. You know, the all, you know, Broward County, it's Fort Lauderdale, right? Broward County uh, in Florida is uh, extremely liberal. And it happens to be right on the coast. Um, you know, you take Hollywood and that whole area, San Francisco, right on the water. Radically liberal. You know, if these liberals, why are the liberals not living in Nebraska if they were so concerned? You know, just like if you're so concerned about COVID and you want to wear three masks and you wanted social distance and you wanted fine, put your money where your mouth is. Move to the middle of the country somewhere. Landlock yourself. Buy a couple instead of um instead of uh John Kerry buying eighteen acres of land on the coast the most expensive coast of all, Martha's Vineyard, 
No, buy 18 acres of land, you know, in Missouri or Kentucky or Tennessee or somewhere like that where land is cheaper. But, you know, if you want space and if you want to um, be free of the uh, disasters of uh, the rising water levels, fine. Then what are you what are you buying oceanfront property for? Barack I mean, Barack and Michael Obama have purchased houses now in Hawaii, Martha's Vineyard. They have another one in D.C. They won't leave. And their whole team is on the board of all these things. It's easy to succeed when you have power influence and you're thinking politically on the same ideology. But if you come to the, if you come to D.C., with a whole different attitude, like Trump did, it doesn't matter if you're the president or not. You're not going to be welcomed, and you're going to, they're going to do everything they can to destroy you. We just heard today that CNN has it in for uh, had it in for t- Trump, and is now pushing the climate thing, just like they pushed the COVID thing. And of course, they're not pushing the COVID thing because that hurts Biden. And that hurts the Democrat Party because they're now in charge. Why are you not solving that puzzle? But come election time, there's going to be something new that's going to uh, prevent people from going to the polls and, you know, basically push and promote the whole concept of mail-in voting so they can commit more fraud. See, the problem with what they're doing is these are not elected officials. These are not, this is not democracy. What this is, is a skirting of democracy. Declaring a climate emergency is a way to skirt around the Congress. You get more authority and you get more money. We heard Jean-Pierre say that yesterday. And you get more um, authority and more money, more funds. She uses the word funds. I use the word money. And that's how they. That's why they declare these emergencies. And I think that we need to pass a, a law in Congress that says that emergency is an emergency where you know you you don't have twenty four hours or forty eight hours to 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 make decisions. You know, it's a, it's an act of war where you know nine eleven would have been an emergency, for example. But. You know, that's where Congress doesn't even have time to react. But at some point, what we need is we need to to control what the governors and what the president can, uh, how they go about, we need to control how they go about declaring emergencies because they're abusing these emergencies. This is not an emergency. This is a ruse. Like I said, in the 70s, Leonard Nimoy uh, was talking about this Ice Age scare. And, uh, you know, what, what is that? So. And the open society. Yeah. Well, we have a couple of things here going on in the background. Uh, sorry about that. It was a distraction. But uh, in any case, uh, we, want, we want to also move on. And we want to also move on and say that the reason why we have we are getting 
uh, someone like Hunter Biden uh, or someone like Joe Biden in the office with a son like Hunter Biden, you, you have to question, is he doing this in the name of China or is he doing this in the name of America? That would be first my first question. The second question is, is he trying to destroy the middle class like has been done in Sri Lanka and in uh, Argentina and in the Netherlands right now with the ag- the attack on the agriculture? Um, you also have to pay attention to the fertilizers that are uh, plants that are going up in smoke and also the uh, food plants. They're going up in, in, in a blaze, in a, in, a, in a fire. They're all catching on fire. And so the, the issue is they're controlling your food supply. And this is an attack from within. You know, right now we have a government that we're at war with our own government. I, don't, I can't remember. I think it had, you have to go back to the Civil War. Uh, you have to go back really far to figure out a time in our country where we actually are offended by our military being woke and trans. We're offended by our Olympic athletes that take a knee for the flag or, you know, basically uh, turn their back on America um, and they put their fist in the the air and they they don't uh, present themselves with any kind of integrity. And so we can't even cheer for our team at the Olympics. They've ruined the Olympics with this BS. And they're ruining our military. And they're ruining our country by opening the borders. And we don't even have an identity. You don't, yeah, people that are non-citizens are getting better, more favorable treatment than citizens. And the crime in all that is that it's the citizens that are paying into the paying the politicians who are then taking their money and giving it to the people who have never earned a dime. It reminds me of that uh, that exercise with uh, Dinesh D'Souza where he was talking about pulling the wagon. The wagon pullers are getting tired of pulling the wagon. And at some point, they're going to get in the wagon too, and all will be lost. You know, a healthy economy and a healthy uh, political environment is when you have 20% wealthy, 20% uh, poor, and 60% middle class, where the middle class is upper, middle, and lower middle class. And that's how you have a healthy electoral uh, electorate as well where people hold the politicians accountable. But rigging elections and declaring states of emergency, especially when you're a dementia uh, candidate like Joe Biden is, who got elected based on a a fraud, a fraudulent election, and now has dementia and is being run by a whole bunch of people we don't even know, it's very much akin to what Klaus Schwab is doing on the world stage, influencing world diplomats and politicians with palm greasing. It's a whole bunch of corruption. And here's something new that uh, we have learned. This is uh, where 
Russia is now coming out and Vladimir Putin uh, has come out and there wasn't a translation. The translation was subscripted. But he's come out and called out the globalists and uh, it's kind of interesting uh, to see what's going on there, what he's had to say. I'm going to read you something um, on that. But first, we're going to listen to this clip. It's from Russia Today. United States, in particular the investment fund Rosemont Seneca, which is headed by Hunter Biden. Rosemont Seneca Partners is the firm tied to Hunter Biden, the U.S. president's son. And the Russian defense ministry is listing uh, financial entities that are involved in these bio labs in Ukraine. Now, they also listed George Soros's Open Society Institute uh, and Open Society Foundations, uh, which are also involved with them, and uh, as well as the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine and the Ministry of Health of Ukraine uh, and the U.S. Department of Threat Reduction. Um, all of them seem to be tied in with these bio labs. Um, and it appears that, uh, that that Rosemont Seneca Partners, uh, the reason that they would be involved is because they have a relationship with Metabiota and Black and & Veatch, which are main suppliers of Pentagon Biolab materials. Now, uh, Moscow is also coming forward and saying uh, that it appears these biolabs are connected uh, with institutions uh, and research organizations that are related to nuclear missiles. This is what was said. The scale of the program is impressive. In addition to the military, the U.S. Agencies for International Development, the George Soros Foundation, and the Center for Disease Prevention Control are directly involved in its implementation. Scientific supervision is carried out by leading research organizations, including the Los Alamos National Laboratory, which developed nuclear weapons as part of the Manhattan Project. All these activities are carried out under the full control of the Pentagon. Now, the over 30 biolabs are accused by Russia of being involved in weapons development and trying to develop biological weapons. Now, the USA denies this and insists they are simply research facilities. Um, and we did hear acknowledgement of these facilities' existence from U.S. Undersecretary uh, Victoria Nuland. Ukraine has... Uh biological research facilities. We are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. The fact that, uh, that she expressed this concern about their possibly getting into the hands. Yeah, that got cut off. Um, but uh, here we have Putin blasts the globalist liberal order as totalitarian and asserts that the West came to dominate the world by plundering entire nations and continents. And, you know, this is not a, uh, it says truly revolutionary transformations are going on, uh, are gaining momentum and strength. I, I was thinking I, I wanted to um, to uh, interpret this as he talks, but I don't know if I can do that. These monumental changes are irreversible, both at the national and international level. The foundations and principles are being laid for. Okay, so it's it you know he goes on to say basically that uh, globalism. Um, a globalist liberal order. And, you know, you heard uh, 
Biden talk about the New World Order, the liberal New World Order is what he talked about. And he talked about what they're doing with climate uh, and holding true to the uh, climate initiative and also the uh, staying true to the investments in Ukraine and staying true to uh, is all part of a globalist New World Order movement. That's that's the that's the scary news right there. Um, the other one is uh, that Putin jokes that Europe's obsession with all things not non-traditional landed them in the current energy crisis. So that was something else he was saying uh, recently. And uh, that's quite, uh, quite, quite interesting there. Um, I wanted to also play this. Uh, savage uh, congressman forces top Biden official to admit Biden is unfit for office. The room is left stunned. Let's take a listen to this. This is uh, Representative Troy Nels from Texas. Let's take a listen. Please describe America to me in one single word. Buddha what would judge. that be if you could describe America in one single word? Well, for me, I guess home. Home. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, just a few weeks ago, this is how President Biden described America in one word. Could you please tell me what that word means? It's this one right here. Could you even say the word? Congressman, I'm not in the habit of trying to read transcriptions. I bring this up to you, sir. I bring this up to you on television. because you yourself questioned Donald Trump's mental state of mind in September of 2019 when you stated to CNN, I quote, if our presidency is not in good shape, then our country is not in good shape. And Mr. Secretary, I could not agree with you more. I'm going to repeat what your quote is. If our presidency is not in good shape, then our country is not in good shape. Inflation's at 9.1%. Gas prices are through the roof. Our adversaries are exploiting our weaknesses across the globe. And our southern border is non-existent. This administration puts the American people last. The left and the dishonest media, which in my humble opinion is the greatest threat to this country, the dishonest media, began questioning President Trump's mental state back in February of 2017, a month into his presidency. We now have President Biden in office for 18 months, and just recently, we now see the mainstream media questioning President Biden's mental state, and for good reason. Sadly, he shakes hands with ghosts and imaginary people. He falls off bicycles. Even at the White House Easter celebration, the Easter Bunny had to guide him back into his safe place. Cue cards that say, sit here, or end of speech, which he actually states, that is, if he stays awake. Yeah, and the Saudi Arabia visit uh, was just an embarrassment where the Israeli leader and the Saudis were basically guiding him as if he was just sort of like a puppet on a string. It was incredible. Um, let's take a listen to this Ram Paul exchange with Becerra, Javier Becerra. Let's take a listen to this real quick. With an Israeli study that had uh, 2.5 million patients and found that the vaccinated group was actually seven times more likely to get infected with COVID than the people who had gotten COVID it's just naturally. another set of lies. COVID, Senator, climate, I have to get back to you on that one. Same. I'm not familiar with that study. Well, you think you might want to be if you're going to travel the country insulting the uh, millions of Americans, including NBA star Jonathan Isaac, who have had COVID, recovered, 
look at a study with 2.5 million people and say, well, you know what, it looks like my immunity is as good as a vaccine or not, and in a free country, maybe I ought to be able to make that decision. Instead, you've chosen to travel the country calling people like Jonathan Isaac and others, myself included, flat earthers. We find that very insulting, goes against the science. Are you a doctor or a medical doctor? I've worked uh, over 30 um, years on health so policy. You're, you're not a medical doctor. Do you have a science degree? And yet you travel the country calling people flat earthers who have had COVID, looked at studies of millions of people, and made their own personal decision that their immunity they naturally acquired is sufficient. But you presume somehow to tell over 100 million Americans who have survived COVID that we have no right to determine our own medical care. You alone are on high and you've made these decisions, a lawyer with no scientific background, no medical degree. This is an arrogance coupled with an authoritarianism that is unseemly and un-American. You, sir, are the one ignoring the science. The vast preponderance of scientific studies, dozens and dozens show robust, long-lasting immunity after COVID infection. Even the CDC does not recommend measles vaccine if you have measles immunity. The same was true for smallpox. But you ignore history and science to shame the flat earthers, as you call them. You should be ashamed of yourself and apologize to the American people for being dishonest about naturally acquired immunity. You want more people to choose vaccination? So do I. You want to lessen vaccine hesitancy? So do I. You want to have that happen? Quit lying to people about naturally acquired immunity. Quit lording it over people, acting as if these people are deplorable and unwashed. Try persuasion instead of government cudgels. Try humility instead of arrogance. Try freedom instead of coercion. But most of all, try understanding that there's no more basic medical right than deciding what we inject into our bodies. Today, after hearing that millions of people in a study prove, show without a doubt that there's a great deal of immunity from getting it naturally, do you want to apologize to the 100 million Americans who suffered through COVID, survived, have immunity, and yet you want to hold them down and vaccinate them? Do you want to apologize for calling those people flat earthers? Senator, I appreciate your... Of course, he doesn't apologize, really. And... Uh... That brings us really to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out buglecall.org. And uh, we have a whole picture, all pictures and a list of our board up there. Go to magapac.org also, our sister nonprofit, uh, to buglecall. And uh, find out what we're doing to promote America First policies to make America great again. When you go over to mypillow.com, Use Red State as your promo code. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Here's me. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.